helpful, explains Clark, but essential for greater fruitfulness in ministry and for serving in the kingdom of God with joy and effectiveness. Sounds pretty good. Well, I'm here to tell you that all of us who were at this conference experienced God's more. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Um, first of all, though, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork <coughs> that I believe that, that this is not something that Randy just sort of manufactured out of thin air or whole cloth. Jesus talked about the more. And I think one place in particular that he did was in John 10.10, where he said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now that's in the uh, ESV translation. I read the the New Living a lot just because I like it. And it's put a little bit differently there. It says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now what's sort of interesting is that this, this digs into that, that concept of rich and satisfying. It's a Greek word um, called parisos, right? which is not important, but if you're a nerd, you'll like to know that. <coughs> but if you're not a nerd and you don't really care about the Greek, you would probably be interested in what it means. Okay? And so what that word parisos means is superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. That's the more. That's the more, okay? Um, And so uh, what I want to do today, what I guess I should say, what I hope that God accomplishes today is two things. Um, first of all, I want to build faith and I want to build some expectancy in all of you through the testimony of people that have experienced this more very recently. Okay? And then secondly, I want to have a time of impartation uh, so that we may give away what it is that we've received. Right? I mean, that's kind of one of those interesting principles of the kingdom of God, that the more you give away, the more you get. If you don't give it away, you don't get any more. So that's sort of kind of where I want to go, where I hope we go today. Um, however, who knows what God's going to do. Uh, so we're just going to go with it. Now, I'm going to introduce our speakers here in a moment. <coughs> but before I do, I want to address something that is, um, tends to be a little bit of a negative when it comes to the experience of God. There is somewhat of a belief, probably among highly educated people, that the only folks who really experience God are the uneducated and the naive. I'm just put it out there. That's kind of what the thinking is, that the rest of us are just too too well educated to, to believe that God could possibly touch us or that he still does things like that. Um... So I'm going to debunk that a little bit, because today you're going to hear from the following. One of our speakers, uh, Donna, is a PhD who's the chairperson of the philosophy department at Randolph-Macon University. 
Shelley uh, is a trained physical therapist and a missionary. And my wife Sally was an IT executive who recently finished her career. She is giving lots of praise for that. But uh, <laughs> when, she was in, when she was working, she was an associate vice president of an IT firm, and she had management responsibility for over 150 people. Okay, I don't bring all that up to puff these people up, but what I want you to understand is these are not, you know, backwoods hillbillies, you know, handling snakes and, and all this sort of thing. Because honest to goodness, that's, that's the perception that a lot of people have. And so um, that's the reason I give these abbreviated bios is so that you understand, you know, th that these are well-educated, professional women who uh, are sharing what God did in the form of a testimony. So, with that said, I think I'd first like to invite Donna to come up. Okay, so my wife, who never speaks in church, you think I'm going to ask her to go first? <laughs> so, um, I, I speak a lot, right, because I, I teach, but I... I usually know what I'm talking about, so this is uncomfortable because um, something happened to me, and I, I really don't, I feel like I'm in new terrain, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but anyway, um, the conference started for me a day before um, we left. I had been praying about a horrible situation in my life. I mean, it was probably 30 years of bad experience, and praying for that to change, and God answered the prayer in a way that blew my mind. It wasn't something I thought about. Um, but it, it cost me. And so I experienced humility in a way I, I never did before. So I was kind of like not in my right place when I left. It was like thrown. So um, being someone who needs to understand things, I decide because I'm not myself, I'll take notes. Okay, so look, I still haven't learned. I got notes. But anyway, so, because um, notes will help me get it together. So I'm taking my notes. And of course, the note taking does absolutely nothing. And I cry through the first session in the morning, um, which is on the Father's love. But I'm quietly crying, so I think, well, okay, this isn't too bad. Um, and then after that, I remember thinking, I could go home now. Like, I'm finished. This was awesome. I'm totally undone. My theme is like undone, undoneer, and undonest, right? So I'm somewhere in the middle stage, and I would have gotten my money's worth, but I drove Shelly, so I think I can't really leave yet. <laughs> but I'm kind of depleted, and I'm having, I think, a hard time acting normal, you know, and I'm around my pastor and his wife. Anyway, I'm feeling like I'm not so normal. So I take notes the rest of the day, right? Friday morning, I'm, I'm taking notes still, I start sobbing so hard, um, I, I like wonder if it's someone else in the room, and um, I'm pretty sure I'm calling a lot of attention to myself, so like this is my nightmare, right? So I decide I will take deep breaths um, to try and calm things down and stop, and so essentially I'm like now guffawing 
you know, you know like, <laughs> in the middle of sobbing, right? Um, and so it's, it's like out of my control and all I feel is a release, but not like specific content, just like release. So now I feel like I have no, nothing left in me at all, right? And at lunch again, I think, okay, well, now I'm really undone, right? Like I'm really in, in I'm done. And so now, I, by now I should know the drill, right? Um, I get undone, I have this incredible piece, this solid piece. I take notes, right? And so this time, um, it, we're in the afternoon now, um, I'm feeling desperate, right? Because the four of us are there and we have our hands extended and I'm feeling desperate and I'm, I'm really like cry praying, whatever that is, praying um, for the Holy Spirit to come on our little church of four, and I go down. I just fall flat on my face, right? My, 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 my glasses are up against my face, and I'm on the rug, and I'm thinking, okay, right? And then something else starts happening, and I feel like this rolling, tremble. I don't have good words, which drives me crazy because I love words. Anyway, I don't have good words, but this rolling, trembling in my gut. And it's slow and it's powerful and it starts radiating up through me in my arms and my legs. And I thought, I didn't know this was a thing, right? Because so, I'm worried maybe I'm making this up, right? So I try and stop, can't stop it. This goes on. I don't know how long I'm down there, but it would kind of subside, but I couldn't move. So I thought, okay, I guess I'll stay here for a while. And it would start again. Well, yeah, eventually it stops. Um, and when it does, I move and I get up. And I realized I have been totally alone with God. Totally alone with God. I tremble. The whole world trembled. So Friday and Saturday night, of course, I take notes again. Because, you know, this is what I do. And then um, the next day, while I'm taking notes, um, I, um, I have some more. And now I'm thinking of it as holy trembling. I have no idea if this is a thing encounter with a different speaker and I'm standing up and it starts and it goes up to my heart and my heart is pounding and pounding and pounding and it's really strong and it's really powerful and I and I wonder if it's safe you know that I'm like oh no it's God he's safe you know so this goes on and on and on and so um, after that happens um, I don't take any more notes I finally I finally stopped um, taking notes so if you were to ask me what this all means, uh, that Chelly and I on the way back tried all kinds of theology to wrap our minds around it, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it all means. Um, I felt some kind of things about gratitude and horrible brokenness and power at, um, at the same time. And I felt um, really like just amazed at God. So I know it's for the glorification of God um, and I'm not sure exactly how it's going to catch out. Say, so don't look at my notes too much. <laughs> no notes. It's scary for me as well. <laughs> um, so I also had um, several. Um, encounters with the Lord um, 
and don't fully know how to explain it either. But one, and I'm not sure I'll even get them in the right order, but one of them was, um, one of the guys was sharing just about how God used him to go up to strangers and speak to them his words, and they encountered the Lord and received Jesus. And there was this like burning in my heart that came out my eyes in tears. God, I want to not just follow you when I'm comfortable with it. I want to follow you and be obedient to you even when I'm not comfortable and when it costs me something. <laughs> and that was just like this overwhelming like sense that was just not coming from me. It was this desire that he was putting in me that just for the, and then the next entire session, I cried during the entire time and continued to just, this desire just kept welling up in me. Um, then, what was next? I don't know. I think it was when Donna was talking about the four of us being there and Donna going down and Sally going down and, um, Somebody came and prayed for me, and I felt this sort of like gentle sense of God's presence and a little bit weak, so I thought, okay, I'll just go down too. And while I was laying there, like I felt some like kind of contractions of my muscles. But then when I, would, I thought, is this really, is this God or is this me? And so I wasn't trying to resist it, but I just thought, well, I'll just relax and see if it still happens. And it didn't. And then... At dinner after that, the, the other four were sharing what God did with them, which was, was like incredible things that they couldn't produce. And I thought, I want more than this. Like, I want something that I know is God, like that I know is not me just doing it. Um, so I really was not content with what God did. I was like, I want more than this. And then... One session after that, another session after that, I don't know the order. Um, after the speaker, I just felt I was supposed to kneel down in front of my seat. And, um, and I stayed there, and I felt nothing. But I felt like God said, stay here. And I stayed there until they said, okay, everybody has to leave the room now. <laughs> we have to clean the room. It's like after 11. Um, and Donna was sitting beside me and wanting to go home because we rode together. And Jeff and Sally had already left. And so, and, but I felt nothing during that time. But I felt like I was being obedient to what God said. And then um, on Saturday morning, which was the last session, as the speaker was kind of winding down, there were some people going up towards the front. And I felt like I was supposed to go up to the front. So I went up there. And as, as I was up there, I just... Um, I heard somebody uh, like near me like crying a little bit and all of a sudden when I as soon as I heard that I just start sobbing and then just knelt down and as I'm on the floor kneeling and leaning over I'm just sobbing and sobbing and my because I'm like this my glasses have now have a puddle of tears in both of them so I can't see anything and then I realized when I opened my eyes, there's snot about this long coming out of my nose. And I'm like, this cannot be of God. 
because it was not pretty. And I had no tissues or nothing. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and, I, and I'm also sitting there going, how, could I, how can I question if, the, if what is happening right now, not the snot, the other, the like sobs from the Lord, like the, if this is really the Holy Spirit. And there was just this sense of this is the Holy Spirit. This is not me producing this. And there were, there were desires that he put in me during that time that, um, and that were only from him. And there were, um, there was this assurance of some of the promises that he has given me about what he's going to do with the children with disabilities that I work with across the other side of the world. That there was this knowing that he gave me that he was going to do this. He was going to do miraculous things through me with these children. That was this confidence that was coming during these sobbing that he was putting in me. Um, and so, yeah, I finally like wiped the snot on the floor. And because I had to walk back to the very back, I had to leave. And I was like, I can't walk back with it like all over my face. So I like, <laughs> and then I, so I walked back to the back and Donna was back there waiting and Jeff and Sally already left. <laughs> and then I saw this mom push, pushing a stroller with a child with cerebral palsy across the back. And I was like, I didn't feel God say go pray for them, but it was like this desire in me. I gotta go pray for that little girl. Like, I don't know what her mom will say, and I don't know, uh, like I don't feel comfortable, but I'm gonna go do it. Like it was this burning desire that I felt like he put in me during those sobbings. And then the next, that night, um, there were three other children with disabilities that God had me pray for, like put me where they were. And just, I was like, I can't not pray for them. It was just like this desire. So I don't know what all God did during those times, but I feel like one of them was just like this burning desire of love, of his love for, to bring healing to these children that is not just in my head, but like in my heart. And I'm good. Um, he gave me some opportunities to practice that, to like see what he had put in me and, and do that. Um, whether or not I saw results or not, which I didn't. I didn't see results from, from the prayers, but I know that God was doing something. So this is one of the weird things about my life, right? I can get up in front of a whole group of people at work and teach and talk <laughs> in front of you all. It's like something inside me just is very tense, and I don't know why. So forgive me if I start getting a little nervous. All of the speakers at the conference did something at this conference I've never um, seen before. They all gave their personal testimonies. They all talked about where they had been before their encounter with God and then talked about their encounter with God. And that was so real to me. It really spoke to me. Um, <clears throat> started out with Rodney Howard Brown. 
And he is a, just an amazing speaker. He's funny. Um, he's you know just very engaging. But he starts out by talking about preaching to his teddy bears. <laughs> you know that he found God when he was five years old. He knew God closely when he was five. So. You know, I was expecting that, okay, from that point forward, he was just completely in tune with God. But he wasn't. Um, he very clearly told us, sorry, this is part of what happens to me. <clears throat> it wasn't until he became so hungry for God, so hungry and thirsty to hear God and talk to God, that he had the encounters with God. Well, that meant a lot to me. That really spoke to me. And I started really thinking about that. You know, how hungry, how hungry am I for God in my life? And then um, the speaker, William Wood, who I'd never heard before, who came from a background of addiction, living on the streets, just a really sad life. It wasn't until he surrendered his life to God, and he told this story about the prodigal son story that just hit me really hard. And this, this was speaking to me. So if you're a person who, I've got one, I'm probably gonna need more. If you're a person not meaning to really, but took your inheritance early and said, I'm gonna do things my own way. I think I know better than my dad. I'm gonna go live life the way I wanna live it. And it wasn't until he got into a total mire, right, until his life was just a mess, that he then realized the only way I can really have true life is to go home. And that's where my inheritance really is. It's not till you come into the will and surrender your will to your daddy's will, which of course is better than anything you can ever think of, that you have the fullness of everything that God has for you. So that was, you know, that was amazing. Um, just, so I found myself for the rest of the conference just saying, God, I want to surrender my will to you. So the next uh, speaker um, was talking about that. And then he did a time of prayer. And before I went to the conference, my right knee was just hurting. And I couldn't hardly bend down because the pain was so bad. I mean, Jeff can tell you, I was like hobbling around and I thought, what in the world has happened to my knee? I hadn't done anything to it. So we got to the time of prayer after this one session. And I could feel people around me praying for me. And somebody laid a hand on me and I just fell back in my chair. And I was there for a while. I don't know how long. I could kind of hear people around me talking, but I was just in, a, just in a place of total peace, and I knew when I opened my eyes that I'd been healed. I knew I was gonna have no pain in my knee, and sure enough, 
I bent down, and I'm like, it's healed, it's gone, that pain is totally gone. So that was, you know, that was an amazing healing. And then, as the conference continued, um, you know, it was just more and more about experiencing the power of God as peace. And I'd never really thought about that, but you receive healing when the peace of God comes over you. You may have an affliction that isn't healed, but the peace of God in your life is everything. Right? It just, it's everything. So sometimes, you know, you may get prayer for healing and you may not have a physical healing, but if you feel the power of peace, it's God. It's the Prince of Peace, Jesus, touching you and giving you peace. And then as Shelley um, indicated earlier, that after one of the speakers spoke and we had a time of prayer, and again, I don't know what the timeline was because it's all mixed up together, but one of the speakers prayed for me, and I didn't even know it was her until afterwards. But I went down. I fell forward so hard that I thought I'd broken my nose. <laughs> I just laid there, and it didn't matter because I was like, oh, God will heal it. That's okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, and when I, when I got up, um, I was expecting to have, like, this bloody nose, right, because I was flat on my face. No bloody nose. <laughs> Everything's fine. So... You know, those experiences, those encounters with God, um, as Jeff said, you know, they just strengthen what we already know about God and how powerful he is and how he wants to touch each one of us. Would you clap for, for all these ladies again, please? That's it's not always a comfortable place to come up and share something that is deeply personal. And so I just want to thank all of you for being willing to do that. I asked them this. I knew right away, um, as we were sort of getting ready to leave the final session, that that's, this was what we were supposed to do today. So I went ahead and asked all of them if they would share and uh, all agreed, um, so I wanted to make sure they had some time to kind of process and think about what had happened. Um, I too had, uh, had some interesting encounters with God. Um, I don't, I tend not to um, experience a, a kind of a physical manifestation a lot of the time. And I know there was one of the speakers who um, talked about this, Shelley related to this as well, where he, you know, he said, you know, he'll stand there and like the, the people that are praying almost seem to always go around you. It's like they'll pray for the one on this side and one on that side, but they'll just completely skip you. And you know that's not true, but that's what it seems like. And everyone else, and, and I mean, so we were in this session on Friday afternoon. And so we're supposed to stand and, and, you know, assume a posture of receiving, which I did, and as with all uh, the three that were with me, 
So I'm standing there, and I, <laughs> I always get curious. Like, what's going on? Because there have been several people that have been by to pray for me, and um, so I peeked. It's okay to peek. And let's see, Donna was on the floor, and Shelly's on the floor, and Sally's on the floor, and I'm just standing there. Um, and, I, and I was pretty hungry for something to happen to. Um, so several people had come by and prayed. Nothing, you didn't really feel any sort of an experience. And finally, the, the scripture from Genesis came into my mind about when Jacob wrestled with, basically wrestled with God, right? And he, they're, they're having this encounter and um, what is, Jacob says he's not going to let go until you bless me, yeah. right? So I just said to myself and basically said to God, that's the posture I'm going to assume here. I'm not going to, I'm going to stand here <laughs> in my version of not letting go until you bless me. Um, and what was interesting was they were telling, the, the, there was a team of people who were praying and so they were sort of telling them, you know, just go around and pray for someone and, you know, for maybe 15, 20 seconds, was about right, I think, and if nothing's happening, then just move to the next person because that, whoever that is, is evidently not quite ready yet uh, to, to receive something. And so um, that's kind of what had been happening. Probably like a half a dozen folks that had come by and I could feel someone, you know, laying a hand on me somewhere. And then uh, I could tell it was a, a man and it from the voice, I knew it was one of uh, Randy's interns or former interns uh, who now was kind of in ministry on his own. And I just, I'd, I'd been in one of his sessions and so I, he has a, somewhat of a distinctive voice and so I knew that's who it was. He's also extremely short. <laughs> and so he kept referring to me as a giant, which I suppose to him I was. Um, but he, he stayed with it, and I don't know if he saw something or, or what, he, what he sensed was going on. And so I'm standing there, and, and I'm just kind of like very slowly going down. And I mean, this probably took five minutes. I was not, it wasn't like a drop on the floor kind of thing. It was just a, like there was just a very gentle weight that was, this was just kind of slowly pushing me to the floor. Um, and he stayed with me praying the whole time. So I finally was down on my knees. I was kind of tucked up with my fists on the floor and my forehead on my fists. So kind of in a little ball, I guess, somewhat of a fetal position if you were kneeling. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Um, but, I, you know, that's what's next, or, you know, I'm kind of just trying to process, and then all of a sudden, and I guess somewhat similar to what Donna talked about, from deep within my stomach, and I, you have to ask one of my wife what it looked like, because she saw part of this, but it was like these spasms started to occur that would just shake me, and they it would come in waves. It was like it would be there, and then it would stop, and then it would start again and get really intense and then kind of go back down. Um, and this went on for I don't know how long, quite a while. And this was the last session before dinner. And so eventually, you know, I kind of stood up and, 
uh, the three of them <laughs> are looking at me, <laughs> and they're ready to go to dinner. And I'm not sure where I am, much less being ready to eat anything, because I was, it literally felt like I had been sound asleep and someone had shaken me awake, and now all of a sudden, you're the, you know, you got that foggy, you can't really kind of process feeling. You just are, you're awake, but you're not really awake. So um, they said, well, do you want to go to dinner? And I, and I said, honestly, no, I need to sit here for a few minutes. So Donna uh, decided to, she was somewhat in the same state, I think, so we both kind of sat there until we felt like we could walk. Uh, while these two went to the went ahead to the restaurant, and we caught up with them later, and you know, so it, w it was this very profound experience. I don't know exactly know what it means. I've been asking the Lord to sort of reveal that. I have a sense that it was some sort of a spiritual birthing, just because it seemed. I mean, I've I don't know what labor pains feel like, and I'm not even going to try to say it was anything close to that. Because so, you know, I don't want to. I'm not going to go there. Because <laughs> this wasn't painful. I mean, it wasn't painful, but it was intense, right? And so, um, so the next day, sort of in a ministry time again, and I just sort of thought, well, I wonder if that would happen again. So I got down on my knees, it went, got in the same position that I had been in, and after a, a moment, it started again. So... The logical, rational part of me, which I can't seem to get rid of, um, is immediately going into this, okay, well this, I'm probably just doing it this time, even though this is honestly not something you can make yourself do. I don't think, I mean, I haven't tried, but I don't know how I would even begin to try. So, you know, I'm thinking this, and um, session was over, and so it was time to do something else. So I got up. I didn't feel quite as lightheaded as before, but a little. And um, so I needed to go to the restroom. So I headed out the door. And, and, and heading out the door, there was a woman that was coming in. And we just, you know, you see people constantly. You're passing by folks during, at this conference. You say, hello, you know, hi, how are you? So I'll go on, go to the men's room. Coming out of the men's room, and this woman is standing there waiting for me, which is a little odd. And um, she says, um, the Lord told me to come up and pray for you. And, and she comes up and, I mean, she puts her hands right here. And the only thing I can, because, I mean, and that's not normal. People don't normally touch you. I mean, they'll put their hand here or somewhere but not right on your chest. Well, she was like, bang, right on my chest. And she prayed uh, the, the uh, priestly prayer that Aaron, uh, that God told Aaron to pray, that's in Numbers, I think. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. So it was that, sort of that blessing. And then she took her hands away and smiled at me and said, God just told me to come do that. And off she went. <laughs> and I really felt like that was sort of God affirming that what he did was real, right? It was like, I, I'm starting to have these doubts, and he's done this for me numerous times, where I'll start, my own mind will start to get in it, and then something will happen that 
helps me understand, okay, that really isn't you, that is me, it's me, just chill out and, uh, and know that it was me. So, so that, was my, that was my whole experience. So what I want to do now that we've talked about this is to actually have a time of, uh, of impartation. And if you're not familiar with that word, um, there's a couple of examples I can point to in Scripture that sort of will help uh, clarify that, uh, both from the book of Acts. And in Acts 8.17, uh, the verse says, Then they, they being Peter and John, laid their hands on them, and the them in this verse is the Samaritans, and they received the Holy Spirit. So there you have this example of the laying on of hands and the impartation of the Holy Spirit. In uh, Acts 9.16, there's another example of this, and it says, when Paul had laid his hands on the Ephesians, so he's at Ephesus, and so he's praying with the people who were there, the Ephesians, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So again, another example of this idea of imparting. T uh, Paul writes about this in his letter to Timothy. He talks about, I think it's in 1 Timothy, where he mentions um, about using the gifts that uh, he received when Paul laid hands upon him at some earlier time. I'm, I'm not getting that quite right, but I think it's what you'll find there. So there's a bunch of examples of this um, throughout Scripture. So what, what I would like for us to do I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. Um, and I'm going to invite Donna and Sally and Shelley to come up as well. So what I would like to do is this. If you want to receive the more and, and don't do it right now but I'm going to ask you to come up here to the front and stand or sit if you need to sit but I think sometimes it's important that you do something to express your desire right some sort of a physical act that says God I want this I mean it's sort of like um, no, I'm not, I don't even want to chase that rabbit but just something to actually sort of demonstrate that desire that you have, that hunger, like what Sally was talking about. We're then going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And then what I want the four of us to do is to really pay attention to what the Spirit is starting to do with people. So if you don't feel someone come up and pray with you immediately, don't worry about it. Just be in that same posture that I was, that... Um, you know, Lord, I'm gonna not gonna let go until you bless me. Um, and then what? Then I think probably the most important thing of all in doing this is that you have to respond authentically, number one, and submissively, number two. And that means you're going to be okay with whatever God does. There's some people who may come up, and I, you know, I've seen this constantly, and I think we even talked about this. It's like, all right, Lord, 
you can come, but I am not going to fall down. I don't care what you do, I'm not going to fall down. Well, I would advise against saying that because sure as heck, you're going to fall down. But don't, don't predispose what your response is going to be. That's really what I'm trying to say. You know, let God, you know, you may cry, you may fall down, you may shake. Who knows? We don't, one of the things we try not to do here is put God in a box and say, well, that's the only way, you know, or it's got to be this way or it's not God. God is God. God does whatever God wants to do. So just come forward, respond authentically, but respond in submission to who he is. Okay? If you come forward, I don't want you to pray. I just want you to receive. I don't even want you to ask for what God has to give you. Just come and, and let him give you whatever it is that he has for you. And, and I want to stress, and, and Shelley sort of spoke to this, we don't, we don't respond to feelings. Faith and feelings are two entirely different things, right? You may feel something, but you may not. And just because you don't feel anything does not mean that God is not touching you. It's exactly what Shelley was talking about, right? She didn't necessarily feel anything, but yet all of a sudden now she has this, this burning desire in her heart to do and see things happen. So don't, don't let feelings dictate your faith, okay? So, if we get the lights. It really seems dark, doesn't it? Tell you what, let's, if we, someone could sort of open the blinds on the sides a little bit more. I think that would be good. of the more, and I would just ask you to come up.